the routines are really for us too. Like I think that we forget as as moms in particular that that we need to have routines in place to help with us to make our days go well. Having routines in place will one give you security because you'll know what to expect and your kids know what to expect. And two, like I said, it'll help keep you grounded. So when life does happen, you're not totally shaken. I wake up every day sort of not knowing quite what my day will be like between last minute interviews with journalists, unexpected doctor's trips, poop explosions while heading out the door. I mean, let's be real. It always seems to come back to poop when you have these little kids, but it feels like I'm pulled in a million different directions. When I talked to Tony Ann, she reminded me how routines can be so important to save our sanity during all of this unpredictability. Routines allow us to use less brain power to get things done and really save that brain power for all of the unexpected things that are bound to happen in our days. Welcome to Work Like a Mother, a podcast dedicated to real conversations with incredible women juggling work, life, and motherhood. I'm Bridget Garsh, co-founder of Neighbor Schools and your host. I'm excited to chat with Dr. Tony Ann Mayembe, podcaster, Navy reservist, and dentist. Tony Ann joins us to discuss the importance of routines for ourselves and for our kids. Tony Ann explains how she started her podcast and what her Sunday routines are that help get her through the week. She provides practical tips that may help things run a bit more smoothly in your home too. Thank you so much for joining me on Work Like a Mother today. I'm really excited to be chatting with you. Yes, super excited to talk to you too as well. I would actually love to hear like a little bit about your background and how your career transformed and changed as you became a mom? Oh, this is a good question. I'm Tony Ann. I am a mom first and wife. I am also a full-time dentist and a reservist in the Navy. So I finished dental school and right when I finished, I was pregnant with my first son, Um, started working and probably like six months later, he was born. So it wasn't um, too long before, yeah, he was in the picture and I had to juggle both mom and work life. Um, and then shortly after that, I'm going to join the reserves too. So <laughs> I have a lot of um, of hats to wear, but um, how have things transformed um, or transitioned? It's really just being more intentional, one, and two, like making sure that I have my routines and I'm organized because I have learned when I try to be, you know, a free spirit and kind of go with the flow, it doesn't usually go well. Mm-hmm. So a lot of planning and preparation is what is necessary for me to make sure not only I'm doing well at work, but also home is going extremely well. Well, I'd love to hear a little bit more about routines. Like why are they so important for us and and what are your must-have routines and why? Yeah, yeah. So routines, I feel like a lot of times we will think of routines as, oh, um, a bedtime routine for my little one to put them to sleep or, oh, my my kid needs a routine for their playtime or whatever it is. But routines are really for us too. Like I 
think that we forget as, as moms in particular that that we need um, to have routines in place to help with us um, to make our days go well. And routines are, are, are not necessarily to keep you, you know, boxed in and to keep keep you rigid, but it keeps you grounded because, you know, even when life happens that when you do these certain things, your day will go a certain way. So um, having routines in place will one, give you security because you'll know what to expect and your kids know what to expect. And two, like I said, it'll help keep you grounded. So when life does happen, you're not totally shaken. And then um, three, I feel like routines really help you with preparation, which is like a huge thing I'm in for so that, um, you're not surprised and you're not feeling like things are so chaotic in your life. I have two must have routines for me. I think having a Sunday routine is totally essential for making your week go by super, super smooth. And then an evening routine, because a lot of times people think um, morning routines are what helps you set up for your day, but I'm the opposite. I think evening routines are what gets you set up. And the reason being is you take time in the evening to prepare for the next day, then you don't have to think and do so much in the morning. You can just get up and go. I feel like you're calling me out a little because you're making me realize how I am so good with routines with my kids. And like, I have an entire routine for making sure they're ready for the next day. And I have absolutely other than like brushing my teeth, that doesn't count as a routine. Right. Um, I have no evening routine for myself. And so you're making me think a lot about that. And then the other thing that you're making me think about is what happens, excuse me, what happens if you have a partner who may not buy into this whole routine idea, because I am, I feel like I'm in this situation where I'm like, great. Okay. Like let's follow this routine, get really set up for success in the the evening and my husband is, you know, a procrastinator to the nth degree and is like, well, let's just do it in the morning, which I feel like is a recipe for disaster. So what would be your advice to any mom in that situation? Yeah, no, no, no. I I totally get it. My husband doesn't always particularly follow the routines that I have set up. Um, Like I said, those routines are for me and for my sanity. And Mm -hmm. I think we need to understand that, that yeah, everyone may not come on board and that's fine. Um, But I think eventually they will start to see it and they'll be like, okay, like this is what you do at bedtime. Oh, so now it's time to, you know, give them a bath. Oh, now it's time to read a book or whatever it is that you do in your evening routine. Um, I think they'll come on board. And the other thing I was going to tell you is, don't think of routines as you have to follow a schedule like 7 10 they have to take a bath 7 12 they need to be brushing their teeth like it, it can the times can flow but it's the actual mm-hmm. actions that you want to make sure that you're included in those routines um but really those routines are, are for you and then once you can get them on board then yeah we can do some things for the family but no i, I i'm not ever trying to like get my husband on board with my routines because they're not for him <laughs> it's for me <laughs> Well, can you share a little bit about your inspiration for starting Real Happy Mom podcast? Yeah, yeah. So Real Happy Mom was birthed out of me looking for resources when I had my son, trying to figure things out because I believe that as mothers, we have one of the hardest jobs in the entire world. I felt like 
I was having all of these issues and no one understood me. And when I got into these Facebook groups with other moms, I was learning I was in the unicorn. Like there's other moms going through the same things as me. And there's a lot of things as moms that we struggle with that I feel like are universal for us, no matter where in the world you are, um, where, you know, what type of job you have. Like there's certain things that we all struggle with. And um, a lot of times we can feel alone because we're not really talking about these things. So when I started to see that, oh, like I'm not special, like <laughs> these things happen to all of us. I was trying to find resources to help with that. And you know what they say, if you can't find it, create it. So that's mm-hmm. what I did. Um, I felt like a lot of the resources were geared more, more towards stay at home moms and not working moms, especially moms working outside of the home. So um, that was who I was more focused towards. And yeah, it kind of birthed out of that. And the podcast actually started because um, I actually, the Real Happy Mom was a blog initially, and then it turned into the podcast. Um And yeah, the podcast came because I was on interview just like yours and had so much fun. And I realized like there's so many great people out there that have so many awesome things to share. And so I brought them all on because I don't have all the answers. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I do, but I can bring other people on that can give us the answers. Oh, I love that. And I love you. You have this like transformative moment where you talk about how at one point you were asked, you know, what do you do for fun? And you had trouble coming up with like an answer. So can you tell us more about that moment and what you did about it? Yeah. Yeah. So that story was when, like I said, I had my son, um, like six months after I started working. So I took maternity leave. I took a very short maternity leave and went right back to work because mama got bills to pay, especially coming out of school. (laughs) So um, I went back and I remember my colleagues were like talking to me and they're like, yeah, like, so what do you like to do for fun? And I honestly could not answer that question. I was like, I don't know. Because at that time, all my life consisted of was taking care of my my son and making sure my home was okay. Like that was it. Like I didn't do anything else. No fun for me. I of course I talked to my family and friends here and there, but like my life revolved around him and taking care of this little baby. So I had completely lost myself um, uh, becoming a mother, and I didn't even know what I like to do. Which is looking back, it's kind of scary. I'm like man, girl, like, (laughs) come on. But again, this is something that happens to a lot of us moms. Like we get so engrossed in being a mother and taking care of everyone else that we forget ourselves and neglect ourselves in the process. Some moms, it doesn't happen as soon as it happened to me. Like, like I said, right after having my baby, some moms, it happens like later in life, like when their kids leave um, and they're grown Mm -hmm. kids and they're Mm -hmm. out of the house, they look back and they're like me, like, what do I like to do for fun? Like, they don't know because they spent their whole, you know, the whole time with their kids, like doing everything for them and going to practice with them that they forgot to take care of themselves. But yeah, that was my light bulb moment that something's not right here. (laughs) We need to, to take a a, a look. And, um, that's when the reflection really started happening. And I started getting into those Facebook groups and asking those questions and, started getting some answers and seeing like this whole getting lost in motherhood thing is like a real thing that happens to a lot of us. Well, I know we're talking a little bit about, you know, sort of fun and, and not losing yourself right in motherhood. And I know that self-care is really important to you as well. Like what does self-care look like for you and how do you encourage other moms to care for themselves. 
Yeah, this is such a good question. Self-care, I think, has a big misconception around it. They, it's been used so much that I don't think people really understand what it really mm-hmm. um, truly is. Um, and for me, I like to think of self-care as what are the basic things that you need to survive and thrive? Like we all need food, water, we need rest um, and not just food just to eat and make ourselves feel good, but nutritious foods that are going to help keep us healthy and strong. Um, We also need love and to do things that are fun and things that we enjoy. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that is the one thing that we need to, to get back to um, reminding ourselves that that's what self-care actually is. And um, the way I like to think of self-care is um, using Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I'm going to break it down for you really quick here. Maslow's hierarchy of needs um, is basically this pyramid and it's this theory of um, motivation. And it has these five different categories that um, supposedly dictate how humans behave. And these are these basic needs that we need to have um, in order for us to survive and thrive. So at the base of that pyramid are the basic, basic things that I was telling you that we need for self-care. And those are the physiological needs. So that includes, like I said, the food, water, warmth, rest, those kinds of things. Then after that, safety is the next part of the pyramid. And with safety, that comes with security and also feeling safe. So that could be with, you know, um, having your finances in order or mm-hmm. making sure that you're in a safe neighborhood. And then moving up from there, love and belonging is the next part. And that it comes from having, you know, intimate relationships and friendships. Um, and then the last two are esteem and self-actualization. And those are things that um, make you feel like you're accomplishing things in life and that you're achieving your full potential. So if you build up using the Maslow's hierarchy needs and think of self-care in that way, then you'll be able to actually go from surviving to thriving and really begin to take care of yourself in um a really phenomenal way. What an important reframing. Everything that you were just saying was echoing. I could hear you saying needs, need, need, rather than want, want, want. Like, I think at least for me, I often think of it as like, oh, that's a want, right? Like that's a luxury to be able to get seven or eight hours of sleep. Like that's like a want that I want to sit down and read a book. Like these are wants rather than you're framing them as needs. Because if we think of them as needs, like we wouldn't say, oh no, it's totally fine. You're too busy to eat. Like that doesn't like (laughs) the whole thing falls apart, right? Like it's a need. You need it. You cannot survive without it. And that that reframing just is really sticking and resonating with me right now. Well, you mentioned it in, in uh, just now about your Sunday routine. And since it is Friday, I'm like, okay, I'm coming into the weekend. Now I want to know everything about your Sunday routine tonight so I can try it out on Sunday. Yes, absolutely. So it's um, five key things that I, um, do in the Sunday routine. I'm going to give them to you all five, and then we can kind of deep dive into them if you want to. Um, so first one is uh, getting your clothes ready for the week. The second one is planning for the whole your, week for the whole week. Yep. 
Yep. And we'll talk about that. I'm going to take notes. I'm here. (laughs) Two is planning out your meals for the week. Not necessarily doing meal prep, but planning out what you're going to eat. Three is planning your week in your um, weekly calendar or schedule. Um, Four is restarting your devices. And then five is cleaning out your purse bag, whatever you use on a daily basis. Um, So we'll jump back into planning out your clothes for the week since I got you off guard with that one. So the reason why I say getting your clothes ready for the week, because remember how you're talking about, like, you're so tired, like, I don't want to think a lot of it is we're spending time thinking about things that aren't important. And one of those is picking out our clothes. Should I wear the green or the blue, the polka dot or the stripes? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, we need to be using that decision making power for things that are actually important. So getting your clothes ready for the week helps eliminate you making decisions so that you can um, use that for other important things. All right. Continue down. All right. Let's deep dive on, on number two. Um, For planning out the meals, like for me, the hardest time of the day is at the end of the day because I'm tired. And so the first thing that I hear when I walk in the door is what are we eating for dinner? And that is the one question that will send me off a deep end, especially after a really hard day. So having your meals planned, like knowing what you have available, not necessarily saying that you have to have tacos on Tuesdays and steak on Monday, but knowing that you have these things available, you can just simply look at you know, a little list, just writing Monday through Friday and just putting things on there based off of what you already have in the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. So you don't, again, have to think so much about it. Wow. I'm torn with whether I should share this or not. Cause I feel like it will make people very envious, but my, so we live in anybody who's been listening to the podcast for a while. We live in a two family house and my in-laws actually live on the first floor. And when we all moved in together, like in the house, we initially were like, my husband and I were making dinner for ourselves and, you know, our, our son, but then the, and my in-laws were making dinner for themselves. And we were like, this is crazy. Like, why are we making all these separate meals? So we actually get together as a family and we plan out the meals for the week. And so like one night, you know, Dave's mom will cook one night. I'll cook. Like we sort of rotate it through and we're just so fortunate that that also means some nights, like not only do I not have to think about it, I actually don't have to do anything because somebody else is making the meal. So yes. um, Yeah. uh, All right. On to number three, number three, let's go with planning out the week. Now this for me can get like multiple steps, but I'm going to keep it very simple for you. Um, A lot of times when I am planning out my week, sometimes I'll overlook things. And especially Mm -hmm. I know other moms will forget about our kids schedule, our husbands um, or significant others. So um, always, always make sure that you're not just looking at what you have to do, but look at what everybody else has going on. So right now my son has... um, a flyer on the refrigerator for Dr. Seuss week. And they have, you know, the little things that they have to dress up for. So I'm putting that in my planner too, and making sure I have that in there as well. But before I even start planning things out on the actual planner for each day, I start by doing a brain dump. So taking everything out of my head, putting it on paper, and I do this in different compartments and compartmentalize my life based off of what do I need to do for my house? What do I need to do for the kids? What do I need to do for myself? What do I need to do for work? What do I need to do for the Navy? Like each different part of my life, what do I need to do? Or what is on my mind that I feel like I have to get done? So once you do the brain dump, then you can start to prioritize things and see One, what things you actually don't necessarily need to do, they're kind of want to do's. And then two, what things you can group together and do at a similar time. 
And then um, three, what is actually really a priority that you have to get done this week? Mm -hmm. So then you can start to plug those things into your plan for the week. So um, after I've done the brain dump and prioritized everything, then I go into um, actually plugging in the things I can't change. So I know I have to go to work every day, Monday through Thursday. I know I have to take the kids to school. I know I have, my husband has Taekwondo at six o'clock. Um, I plug in all those things. And then from there, where all the holes are, that's when I start to block out times to do those things on that brain dump in the priority list that I have. Um, and then the other thing too, is also making sure that you're making time for yourself, um, and doing the things you enjoy. So I love my podcast and I love talking to people like you, Bridget. So I'm making time for that. I'm also making time for me to go to the gym. And then lastly, like I said, making sure you're looking at everyone else's schedule. So there's no schedule conflicts on to number four. I think we're up to yes. Number four. Yeah. So number four is restarting your devices. Sounds simple and sounds super easy, but let me tell you this ever since the pandemic, we have been doing a lot of Zoom meetings, been on our computers a whole lot more, which means we're using our devices more. As a result, we have a lot of programs and apps on our devices, and this makes our devices run slow. So restarting our devices helps to shut all those things down so that they're not causing our devices to run slow. We're not having unnecessary updates or your computer decides it wants to shut down in the middle of a Zoom meeting and it can save you a lot of your sanity. So restarting your devices helps with making sure that everything is running smoothly and you don't have to worry about um, things slowing you down during the week. Tony, and I feel like I'm going to crawl under the desk because I feel like you're talking to me <laughs> directly because I am the queen of ignoring all the updates, ignoring them every single time until the computer finally gives up and is like, that's it. You're shut down. You're off because you've ignored me. So this is a good routine for me to think about because I am very guilty um, of this of this behavior. All right, time for the last one. Last one is um, just cleaning out your purse. And this one has to do with the moms, especially that have the bigger purses like mine. Um, we tend to collect a lot of things inside of our purse. So if you take time to dump everything out, take what things need to be out out of there and put what does need to be in there back in. Um, it will help prevent you from having to search for your keys unnecessarily or for certain little things that your kids are asking for. So just going through and making sure um, that you're cleaning things out and getting things out that don't need to be in there. I'm like smiling as you're saying this because it's reminding me how last weekend we actually like went for a drive with the kids, which I feel like we don't go many places these days in the pandemic. And so um, I grabbed a backpack that my son hadn't used for a little while. And we're driving along and he's asking for a snack and then sort of absentmindedly put my hand into the bag. And there was a banana that I don't even know how long it was in there. Like, all I know is it, I felt mush. I, it was completely black. Like it was disgusting. And I thought, how did this happen? Like, I was like shocked, right? Like I'm, I'm thinking like, how did this possibly happen? Well, now it won't happen because I can have a routine to prevent that from happening. Yes, I've been there. Totally been there. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing your time with me today. I would love to wrap up with some rapid fire questions for you. Yes, I am ready. Okay. What's one piece of mom gear you can't live without? Does my phone count as mom gear? I was wondering. <laughs> Sure. 
It's a very loose interpretation. <laughs> that um, works. But, but if it wasn't my phone, um, I have this little peacup inside of the, the car because I have boys. So yeah, we need those for road trips. So yes, that is one that I can't live without. Okay, very clever. All right, I also have boys, so I'm gonna mm-hmm. take that into consideration. All right, who yes. do you love to follow on Instagram? Oh, it's so many, but one of my favorites is my friend Jessica Lauren. She is at No Real Jewelry, and I love her because she has a lot of inspiration and she's all about um giving goal getters like a little kind of nudge so that we can go out and get things done. <laughs> All right. What's on your nightstand right now? On my nightstand, I have this plant and I, I'm not going to tell you what I named it, but it's a little, it has an attitude. So I had to move it up next to my nightstand because it needed more light and love and attention. So my plant is up there. And of course, a picture of my lovely family. Oh, how sweet. Well, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's been wonderful uh, spending some time with you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Work Like a Mother is produced by Neighbor Schools. Neighbor Schools is a startup in Boston that I co-founded in 2018 to help parents find daycare. As a first-time parent, finding childcare can feel scary and intimidating. At Neighbor Schools, we help you find daycare you'll feel really good about so you can go back to work with the peace of mind that your little one is getting the socialization, support, and stimulation they need to learn and grow. We've helped thousands of moms and dads figure out the daycare search. Check us out at neighborschools.com. And when you get in touch, mention that you discovered us on the podcast. Thanks for joining me today. We'll see you next time.